the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Oh, auspicious beginning with microphone noise. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I will be going to Honolulu today. Not on vacation, but to speak there. And those of you in Honolulu should know that. And the information is at where's Dennis at DennisPrager.com. Big rally on behalf of liberty in a state that doesn't value it. My state doesn't value it either. So I'm going from non-value of liberty California to non-value of liberty Hawaii. Liberty is a value, not an instinct. And wherever the left gains power, liberty is suppressed. There has never been an exception to that rule. And the first liberty to go is freedom of speech because dissent is kryptonite to the left. Brian, uh, Brian, uh, what uh, what is the guy's name at uh, at NBC? Yeah, Brian Williams. Brian Williams charged Ron Johnson with being a Russian agent. I'm going to play that for you. That is as obvious a lie, made up fraud, as uh, oh, as one can imagine, and it is it it is taken as true at N- NBC by its viewers. And it just life goes on with the with the lies. Why to suppress Ron Johnson's views? This is the media in the United States now. You know, here's an, here's a story I want to cover with you. That uh, was uh, one that some of you will have more information concerning than I. From the Wall Street Journal, Catholic schools are losing students at record rates. And hundreds are closing. I'm a Jew, and I'm telling you, that's a tragedy. At least 209 of the country's nearly 6,000 Catholic schools have closed over the past year, according to the National Catholic Educational Association. More closures are expected this summer. I I would have thought the opposite. I, I would have thought that people are so, many more people are so aware that the soul of their children is poisoned, the conscience, the ability to think clearly, and for that matter, just attainment of knowledge is so severely limited in most schools, private and public, you would think that Catholic schools would have a rise in enrollment. I'm going to do something I don't think I've done. I have uh, cited Tucker Carlson on a number of occasions but never actually played him, but rather than cite him in this case, I'd like you to hear what he said last night, and I wish to comment on it, as you will note. 
Please go. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Two days ago, a group of people in Santa Ana, California, gathered to protest Orange County's new vaccine passport program. Politicians in Orange County are building a digital database of residents who've been vaccinated against COVID. Not surprisingly, some citizens fear that information could be used going forward to violate their privacy or limit their constitutional rights. No matter where you are on vaccine passports, those are obviously valid concerns. They're not crazy. If authorities in Orange County had decided to start a database of everyone who's been infected with HIV or every woman who's had an abortion, civil libertarians and others would, of course, ask vigorous questions about why they were doing that and what they were going to do with the information. But with COVID, there are no questions allowed. So Orange County's Board of Supervisors just ignored Tuesday's protest. One of the supervisors, a Democrat called Katrina Foley, dismissed the protesters with undisguised contempt. Quote, they don't believe in vaccines, she snorted. And you hear that a lot. They're anti-vaxxers. They don't believe in vaccines. But pause for a second and think about it. That's a pretty strange way to talk about science. Science never asks us to believe in anything. Just the opposite. Science is a never-ending attack on settled belief, on faith, on what we imagine we know, on what we assume. Science doesn't tell us what's true. Science shows us what's true. It demands proof, not faith. So the next time you hear some smug mask wearer harumphing about how the mouth breathers out there in middle America don't, quote, believe in the vaccines, you can be certain you are in the presence of someone who has no idea what science is. You will know you are talking to a moron. But since we're on this subject, there do appear to be millions of people out there who don't believe the COVID vaccine actually works. Who are these people? Pollsters tend to miss them. If you asked 100 Americans, do you think the COVID vaccine is effective? About 99 of them would say, of course, yeah, it's effective. And they'd say that because they know what they're supposed to say. They watch the Today Show. They don't want to be punished for having the wrong opinions. They don't want to get fired or ostracized. But let's say you phrase the same question more cleverly in a less direct way. What would the results be then? Well, pollsters at the morning consult just did that. And here's what they found. Americans who have been vaccinated against COVID are more afraid of going outside than Americans who have not been vaccinated. Much more afraid. Only a quarter of vaccinated adults say they'd be willing to travel to a work conference or enter a gym. Only 24% of them would take the bus. Less than half would be willing to rent a car alone. Only 34% would go to a party. Just 17% of them would dare to take a cruise and so on. The numbers are amazing. These people are absolutely terrified of getting COVID. Yet once again, they have all been vaccinated. So clearly many vaccinated Americans, most of them, according to this poll, don't really believe in the COVID vaccine. Okay, let's stop there for a moment. I have been saying this for the entire time that we've had vaccine, the vaccines. But now I have a poll, for whatever it's worth, to back me up. 17% of people who have been vaccinated would go on a cruise. First, do you believe that the, uh, the poll? It, what was it? How many uh, wouldn't rent a car? Wouldn't rent a car? Why? Because the person before you might have had COVID? The man who sanitized your car? had a fatal dose of COVID? 
if that poll is true, or even nearly true, that is accurate, there is, there is a crisis in the American soul that is unprecedented and threatens this country's existence as America. The land of the free and the home of the brave, freedom not even a value to half the uh, half of America, and brave to to get the vaccine and not, you, you want to just play that what the poll said, Sean. That that's uh, it, it's <laughs> it just boggles the mind. I would do all those things without a vaccine. Because I, I take hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin D and ivermectin, which is what we should have done from the beginning. However, they're very, very inexpensive. I never would have said this a year ago. I've become aware of so much corruption in the United States of America, my beloved country, that I fear that what I have long held, that the C word is the word for the the reason countries do not advance. Corruption is the biggest single reason. From the FBI to the CIA to all of the all of the government apparatus under Joe Biden. But also before Joe Biden. So listen to the poll again. In a less direct way, what would the results be then? Well pollsters at the morning consult just did that, and here's what they found. Americans who have been vaccinated against COVID are more afraid of going outside than Americans who have not been vaccinated. Right, like me. That's a perfect example. I'm, I'm a living example. I, I would do all of these things and didn't get the vaccine. I'm not saying people shouldn't. I don't think children should. Until we know the long-term effects of, of this vaccine, and since we know that it, it is minimally... Uh, it's a minimal issue for children I I think it is wrong to uh, inoculate children we'll be back the Dennis Prager show hi Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain of course I want you to know about relief factor the 100% drug free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day I take it every day I like being out of pain but I know you may be skeptical I certainly was then I kept hearing about all the people including my wife who were no longer in pain so I decided to give it a try in fact listen to Janice's story I was skeptical at first but because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs so I have lower back hip and even knee pain and after about three weeks I found that I could climb stairs pain-free, but it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. So did you hear that, this poll cited by Tucker Carlson? People who have been vaccinated are more afraid of doing things like even renting a car. You want to continue with that? I, I just want people to hear those uh, those data again. Much more afraid 
Only a quarter of vaccinated adults say they'd be willing to travel to a work conference or enter a gym. Only 24% of them would take the bus. Less than half would be willing to rent a car alone. Only 34% would go to a party. Just 17% of them would dare to take a cruise and so on. The numbers are amazing. These people are absolutely terrified of getting COVID. Yet once again, they have all been vaccinated. So clearly many vaccinated Americans, most of them, according to this poll, don't really believe in the COVID vaccine. What does that tell us? Among other things, it tells us that we have long ago left the realm of science and are instead in a state of mass hysteria and mass manipulation. Many Americans are too scared to think clearly. If you've had the vaccine, which you say you believe is effective, but you're too afraid to rent a car for fear of getting COVID, you're not thinking clearly. If you've had the vaccine and say, again, you believe the vaccine works and you're still wearing a mask, you are not thinking clearly. And you're not thinking clearly because you're too afraid. And you're afraid because you've been told for more than a year that you are required to be terrified. And the arrival of a vaccine has not calmed you at all. Instead, demagogues have instructed you to channel your fear into hate and turn it on anyone who disobeys their orders. The result is vaccinated Americans in masks cannot be happy or feel safe or feel any relief at all until every other person in the country joins them in getting the shot and covering their faces. That's not rational. That's not science. It's something much darker than that. What began as a public health measure has become instead an instrument of social control. We saw all of this on stark display just last night when we interviewed Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Johnson has already recovered from COVID, like tens of millions of Americans, maybe over 100 million. Ron Johnson has had the COVID virus and survived. Johnson is not opposed to vaccines. He said many vaccines in the past. He told us last night he'd be happy to have many more vaccines in the future. He's for vaccines. But in this specific case, Ron Johnson consulted with his physician who tested him for the antibodies to the virus. And like so many people who have already had COVID and recovered, Ron Johnson has greater natural protection from the virus than any vaccine could give him. So there is no medical reason for him to get the COVID vaccine. People should not take medicines they don't need. Ron Johnson has decided for these reasons against getting the shot. Now, that is not a crazy position. In fact, it's an entirely rational position, given what we know. In Ron Johnson's case, it's a much more rational position than getting a vaccine, than taking medicine he doesn't need. That would be reckless and crazy. It would not be science. So this is rational. And probably because it is rational and because Ron Johnson explained his position so clearly and so calmly and with such reference to actual science, the forces of lunacy decided that they must destroy Ron Johnson before others could hear what he was saying. So here's how MSNBC responded to him last night. This is Senator Ron Johnson on Fox News tonight. People ought to respect other people's freedom and liberty and their ability to choose whether or not to get vaccinated or not. I am concerned now about them trying to push it onto children. Who, let's face it, they aren't in a position of informed consent. Uh, we do need to recognize right. that this is not a fully approved vaccine. Um, so, doctor, I know uh, really smart, educated, substantial people who believe him to be a witting or unwitting asset of Russia who would sound a lot like that in American society. Okay, that's what you hear that.
Brian Williams. He is an asset of Russia, Ron Johnson. The, the, <laughs> my friends, my silence is because I'm suppressing all of the adjectives that I wish to uh, place on Brian Williams. Brian Williams proves the ability of people who lie to live with themselves. That, I would use him right now. I would have used uh, Adam uh, Adam Schiff for for about two years on the Russian collusion lie, and that he had more evidence of it than uh, than was even out there. I I must admit. I don't uh, I don't understand how people can lie like that and sleep well. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about an interesting supplement that has made a big deal in my life. I had the the pins and needles feeling in my feet. I've had it for about 25 years. It got quite intense. So among the things I did is I had inserts put in, which helped because it lifted the bone from the nerve, and I threw away the inserts last year after I started taking Nerve Renew. I read about Nerve Renew on the internet, and so I tried it out. And amazingly, after about a year, it doesn't happen overnight, I got rid of the inserts I had worn for 10 years. It's minimal, the uh, the pins and needles effect that I have. I'd like you to try it out. Go to NerveRenew.com. They offer two-week trial of their product and a one-year money-back guarantee at NerveRenew.com or your two-week trial now. I asked them to advertise. That's how effective I think the product is. NerveRenew.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. I'm now presented with a programming dilemma. Do I have President Biden on or David Brogg on? So that's like, okay, I won't get into what it's like. (laughs) Let me just say, it is a no-brainer. David Brock is one of the most thoughtful Americans alive. And let me just say, I cannot say that with full honesty about our president. David Brog was, I met David Brog because he was the executive director for many years of the largest Christian organization. He's a Jew who was the executive director of the Christians United for Israel, a fantastic organization. He did a magnificent job, moved on, and has now founded, this is, this is big, the Emergency Committee for America. David Brog, it is uh, great to speak to you. Dennis, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a great, great, great pleasure to hear your voice. And uh, uh, thank you for choosing me over Biden. Uh, I'm honored. I'd be more honored if you were less boring and adrift, but I'm quite honored. <laughs> well, it's something to tell your children and hopefully grandchildren one day. That Dennis Prager had a choice between me and the President of the United States and chose 
grandpa. <laughs> I am honored, sir. <laughs> All right. Listen, I like bringing to my listeners' attention fighters. Thou art a fighter. I love you. I think it's great. And a lot of people are fighting back more and more. Tell us about the Emergency Committee for America. Uh, happily, gladly, Dennis. Um, I think, like like you, like a lot of your listeners, uh, over the course of last summer, I was sitting at home, getting increasingly frustrated and despondent um, because you know what may have started as well-intentioned protests quickly devolved into violence and arson, and 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 more in a more troubling vein. Extreme demands were being made, and extreme demands were being met. You know, things like defunding the police, or, or canceling George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, or teaching critical race theory. And I kept waiting. You know, when is the silent, vast majority of Americans who oppose such extreme policies when are when are we going to speak out and put an end to this? And, and night after night, I'd have this frustration, and yet I didn't see a lot happening. There were voices like yours and others. You, had, you were, you were, you were, you were uh, sharing Tucker Carson earlier. Tucker, you. But where was the vast grassroots movement to put an end to this extremism? Uh, didn't see it happening. And uh, sort of one day I said to myself, gee, uh, I don't know a lot about a lot. But I've kind of spent most of my career in grassroots organizing. Um, maybe I should apply some of that experience and try to create a grassroots organization to do exactly this. Um, so I spoke to a, a bunch of friends. A lot of great young conservatives have joined us. Um, and we, we launched uh, this organization, the Emergency Committee for America. Uh, and it simply has a very simple goal, which is to give a voice to the vast, silent majority of Americans who oppose the extremism of this moment, but who, who really don't have the time to go out into the streets uh, and mix it up with Antifa, don't have the time or the inclination. Uh, we need something in between shouting at your television set and going out into the streets to shout at Antifa. And what we're doing is we're organizing large numbers uh, with very easy quick ways to weigh in on the issues of the day and make their voices heard. Uh, I hear often people being asked, what can we do about what's going on in this moment? What should we do? The answer is inevitably, uh, we need to speak out. Um, but if I've observed one thing over the years, it's that people will not spontaneously speak out. Um, they need a framework. They need an organization. It needs to be made fairly quick, because unlike those sleeping in their mother's basements and protesting in the streets, our people, the people who share our views, typically have jobs, families, mortgages, responsibilities. Uh, what they lack is time. We need to organize it. We need to make it easy. We need to make it accessible. And we need to, make, we need to benefit from the strength of our numbers. Uh, a call to your senator here, an op-ed or a letter to the editor there, uh, is less likely to be effective than organized campaigns where tens of thousands, which is what we're doing now, and in the future, hundreds of thousands of Americans are speaking out together, weighing in on an issue of importance. Excellent. That's exactly what we need. I like a, f I like a few things you said in particular. Something between shouting at your TV and uh, roughing it up with Antifa. 
there's got to be something yeah, yeah. between those two. That, that that was well said. By the way, I differ with you on one thing. You said you don't know a lot about a lot. No, that is ridiculous. You do know a lot about a lot. I know you. It's nonsense. I can't. I, you know, this humility stuff gets on me. I, I'm going to explain to people why I disagree as soon as we come back. All right, there is now an emergency committee for America. I love the name, by the way. It's exa- We're in an emergency, unprecedented since the Civil War. To say that I've been saying we have a civil war for decades is uh, just to say something most of you know. I feel sort of like the uh, some of the biblical prophets who predicted terrible things and then wept when they came about. David Bragg is the founder of this new group, Emergency Committee for America, and I was telling him that when he said, and I didn't interrupt him, it was painful not to interrupt him, well, you know, I don't know a lot about a lot, but I really do know how to organize. He does really know how to organize, and he does know a lot about a lot. His books are seminal works, for example. He has given a PragerU video. He is, I am sorry to say, a graduate of Princeton. Is that correct? Correct, sir. And uh, hold on. It's tough for me to think of how much money you gave Princeton University. It gets worse. <laughs> Why? Go on. I was in. I was. I was in Barack Obama's class at Harvard Law. Oh my God! It's a good thing I didn't know it. We. We wasted a lot of money, uh, but but de- but Dennis, and this is this is you know this is this is just the truth. Um, I had a lifeline uh, in college um, that helped me uh, and I, and changed me and, and probably uh, set me on a different trajectory in life. Um, I got a hold of a book written by one Dennis Prager. <laughs> Years before I met you, you were this light in the darkness. Um, that really enabled me to see there was a different way of viewing the world and, and, and kept me from falling in line with where my schools would otherwise have led me. So uh, I, I, I would be remiss if it's done. I did not uh, say what an influence you've been on my life since then to the present day. I actually have the chills. Um, I really do. That's how much it means to me. To know that I have affected you is a big deal. The difference you've made in my life, and, so, and, and, and in, in what I have to imagine are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives, lives is, is, is deep and significant. And uh, I, I don't think you need encouragement, but uh, being well, no, it is uh, good to know. Of course, I, otherwise, you know, one, one is speaking to oneself. But that that's great. So I, I'm curious, in light of that, being at Princeton and Harvard, did you feel lonely? Um. I, I, I did not, uh, because I, I had two good things going for me, um, in, in Princeton at least, um, which is uh, Dennis Prager's uh, uh, writings. Um, and those writings were introduced to me by a mutual friend of ours named Yoram Hazoni. And Yoram, um, you know, who's been on your show and done PragerU videos um, and, and has continued to be an influence in my life as well, uh, was a good friend. And so I, I had this small circle that kept me sane. Um, when I went to law school, it got harder, and I, I, I do remember sort of walking by demonstrations demanding not only di- you know, diversity, you know, God willing, had they only demanded diversity of thought, I would have participated in, in the demonstrations, 
Uh, they were demanding, of course, uh, a very rigid list of physical characteristics they wanted to see in the faculty. And a very uh, a young man that everyone thought I needed to watch out for, he was going to be a senator one day. Of course, they underestimated him. Uh, but a young man named Barack Obama was one of the speakers there. And I remember viscerally objecting to what I was seeing. Uh, I had a very different view of what it is Harvard Law students should be seeking in the world and demanding in the world. And in moments like that, I, I did feel quite alone. Uh, but I went back to my... So you, re- you uh, remember uh, being at, ha- at Harvard Law and, and watching Barack Obama speak at a demonstration? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what he said? It was more or less about the need for rigid physical characteristics to be met at the Harvard Law faculty. They had a, a, a list of demands. They wanted a woman of color tenured faculty. They wanted, I think, uh, an Hispanic tenured faculty. They wanted a, an openly gay tenured faculty and, I believe, a disabled tenured faculty because, of course, then it's only someone who is themselves disabled can understand the legal needs of the disabled. And I looked at this, and, and to me, this, this rigid focus on physical characteristics went against everything I believed in. Um, I thought, and naively, that this was confined to, to the rarefied, insane air of the Ivy League. Of course, everything we saw on display there has now spilled over not That's into right. our streets, That's exactly but into right. our politics. It's taking over one of our two political parties. And, and this is the great disappointment of Joe Biden. I mean, I worked for years in the Senate. I listened to more hours of Joe Biden talking on than, than, than anyone should have to in their lives. Um, but this is a different Joe Biden uh, in many ways. But most the most importantly, he, he is now captive of the extreme ideology that at one time could only captivate uh, the quad at Harvard. Now it's, it's taking control of no, our That's right. That's exactly right. Country. How does one join the Emergency Committee for America? Uh, they go to our website, EC for America. That's E is in emergency, C is in committee, the number four America, EC for America.org. Um, and Dennis, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that all of us involved in, in the emergency committee um, have very demanding and responsible day jobs. Uh, you know, I, I have a very demanding and increasingly tough day job in the realm of defending Israel, uh, which uh, this week has been uh, tougher than usual. Uh, we are all doing this as a labor of love, a labor of love for our country. Not only do we not take a dime out of it, not a dime out of it, but frankly, I'm funding this out of money I should be putting into my son and daughter's college fund. Uh, but my wife and I had a long talk, and we decided that we needed to try this mm. first. Uh, one day, hopefully, the kids will forgive me. Uh, you can't go to college, but maybe, maybe we uh, maybe we did some good. Um, but we need help uh, because people are responding uh, extremely well. Uh, uh, the conversion rate, how much we have to pay for a new email, or how much we have to pay to, to, to get people to join us on social media, is lower than anything I've seen in my career. I mean, people want this opportunity. All right, let me remind then. EC4, the number four, the digit four, ec4america.org. I want to ask David Brog, who's an expert on the Middle East, books on it. They're great books, by the way, about what is happening right now. Well, she got her day's car, Very hard to interrupt the Beach Boys, I have to tell you that. It's a challenge. But David Brog is worth it. He's now founded the Emergency Committee for America. In case you forgot the email, just 
pick it up at DennisPrager.com. It's uh, listed there right now. Uh, David Brock has written a number of books, and uh, for example, Reclaiming Israel's History. He's on a PragerU. Uh, unbelievably important video. Why isn't there a Palestinian state? That's five minutes that will change your whole understanding of the Middle East. Why isn't there a Palestinian state? So, I think 1,600 rockets sent over urban areas in Israel to kill as many Israelis as possible. And the anti-Israel mob is out there. You know what got me, David? The headline in the New York Times yesterday was, Violence Erupts in the Middle East. And my thought was, if the New York Times were in 1941 like it is today, it would have been violence erupts at Pearl Harbor. That's right. This is what, uh, right. This is what we're fighting. And by the way, you here you are spending a good part of your life professionally defending Israel, which is a rather honorable thing to do. And now, of course, defending the United States with your emergency committee for America. In the in the minute we have, just comment on my on my thesis that hatred of America and hatred of Israel are related. One hundred percent correct, Dennis. When I started my my, my current work in twenty fifteen, we, we, we it's, it's called the Maccabee Task Force. We defend Israel on campuses across the country. I always argued Israel is the edge of the spear. The same hatred, the same, the same ignorance that would lead one to see Israel not as a beacon of liberty and, and the highest of our values, but as an enemy. That, that same twisted worldview will inevitably lead people to view America the same way. They are, the, they are, they are related, and that, that twisted worldview that leads you to hate Israel will inevitably lead you to hate our own country. Uh, but again, I was wrong. I predicted that that might come in a generation. It's happening now in real time. The same students that had been leading the charge against Israel are now leading the charge against America. They're now leading the charge to remove protection from people of color living in our inner cities by defunding the police. They're now leading the charge to, to erase our history and recharacterize America as some racist project. They're 100% interrelated, and that's why I began to feel that, that, that as much as I love Israel and as much as I feel a calling to defend Israel, I love my country. America's my country, and, and, and those of us who love this country no longer have the option of sitting by silently. We see what happens when we do that. Yep. Well, God bless you, David Brog. The Emergency Committee for America, EC. Digit 4, dc4america.org, or just pick it up at dennisprager.com.